Welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry, and lately, if you've been listening, you'll know that I've been trying to get more serious about Patreon because this podcast does rack up quite a few out-of-pocket expenses for me to run. But basically, if I get two new Patreon subscribers every week for the rest of the year, I will be good. And coincidentally, last week I got two new subscribers. So thank you super much to Paul and Fusco. So if you would like to be one of the two new subscribers I hope to get this week, please go check out my Patreon. The link is in the description of this chat. This week I'm chatting with 2D animator John Densk, who's currently working on a new short film called Axolodicy with his newly formed studio called Studio Fresco. In our chat he shares how he mentored under Tom Bancroft on Cuphead, which led him to working on Space Jam. He's also going to share how he helped found Studio Fresco with some friends, and the ins and outs of putting together a Kickstarter for his new film, which is all about axolotls. And if you're already intrigued, you can go support that. I've included the link to the Kickstarter in the description of this chat. And now, without further ado, let's jump in. Hello, John. How are you doing? Hi. I'm good. How are you, Terry? Uh, I'm good. I said 20 seconds ago that I was going to immediately grill you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't, we, why don't we start with that? Uh, and I'll ask you, what has been eye-opening about the animation industry for you this past year that you didn't really experience before? That's a tough question. Um, I think it we're in a really unique position right now, especially 2D animators like myself, where like when I was really like I've been animating for five years and I've been working on projects here and there for I would say five years. And but I wouldn't say my career truly kicked off until three years ago mm. in 2020. And I say we're in a unique position because in 2020 with the pandemic. We had the bubble of streaming and all these things are getting greenlit left and right. So like there was tons of jobs open and you could work in any country from like your home anywhere you wanted to be. So it was really cool. And then now this year, I things have started to shift and it's more like, oh, well, now you can't work remotely, even though we'll say we offer remote work but you can't work remotely if you don't live in X, Y, and Z. That's a little eye-opening to me. I didn't think that kind of thing would happen. Since well, why do you think it's so well. happened? I'm curious. I'm not really sure. I think it probably comes down to something related to taxes hmm. or something. I, that, that's what I think. I, that's what I've been told. But um, yeah, I, that's really what I think it is. I don't think it's anything malicious. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, something similar happened to me with a project where I was, I, uh, it's unreleased, so I can't talk about it, but I was working remotely and then they suddenly said, we're only going to be uh, working with local people. And then that project wrapped up for me. <laughs> yeah. But um, I've also talked to a lot of studios that say now they're looking for artists anywhere in the world, um, which is, you know, I think that's fantastic. So has, I guess, you're in a niche of 2D, like hand-drawn animation. Have you noticed there are less opportunities now in what you're pursuing? Um, no, I would say no, actually, surprisingly. Um, but there's less big name projects. Mm. So like 
I don't think Space Jam 3 is going to come out anytime soon. Not that there is a Space Jam 3. I just like to use that one. Right. <laughs> it makes me laugh. So how did you get, so how did you get, I'll just ask you randomly, how did you get involved with Space Jam 2 in the first place? Um, that's interesting. I actually was supposed to assist Tom Bancroft on that film. Hmm. Uh, and he was in talks of getting on that, I think around like 2019 or maybe even earlier. He Wait, was what like, do you mean assist Tom? Like, like do another... in betweens and stuff. Okay, like, okay. So he would whatnot. do like the main poses and the timing charts and you would do the. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at that time, that was what we were going to do. And then when the time came around in like, early or mid 2020 whenever i was on that film he decided he didn't have time for it anymore he was doing other things and so he just gave them my email and he was like hey like he was going to assist me anyway so like i think he's ready and so that was really my foot in the door because i got to work on like a handful of shots on that film amazing just for that i'm curious though okay so like uh a big project that has assumedly a lot of money and time um you can do a lot you can do a lot more than what you can do with tv animation did they give you a lot of time to do your shots um i would say they probably give you like two to three days and they would really tell you one day (laughs) and i think the two to three days was like the buffer that you had if you screwed up or something but like Wait, wait wait so like in a day, you get the shot, the direction, and you have to export the the tie downs by the. No, end. not okay. No, not. I mean, for like the first pass. Sorry. Okay. 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 <laughs> but like, my schedule was basically like <laughs> every day at eight in the morning, they saw the next stage, and like within three days for me, that's typically when a shot was done. But like, you had, I would say, a buffer of two to three days for each stage. I would so be like sweating, rough. working till eight a.m. It was hard. Space Jam was actually really hard. They, I, there was a lot of nights where I worked until like eleven thirty or twelve. How do they? I'm curious. Like, also, how do they? I haven't really talked to many two D like feature animators. Um, I don't know if you can share this, but like, do they pay per hour, per drawing, per per or frame? I guess per or the like a set amount. Like, mm-hmm. I think maybe every studio might be different because yeah. I know some animators that I've talked to prefer getting paid X Y Z. And whichever way. And for yeah. me, I was paid hourly. Gotcha. So, but they made us work Saturdays. <laughs> I mean, oh, no. It was like you have, they would text you on Saturday and say, hey, can you get this by Monday? And it's of like, course okay. they would. of course they would. <laughs> that was, that was near the end though. So, I mean, well, did you, uh, did you like up? Cause you went from an assistant animator doing in-betweens to working on full shots yourself did you like massively upgrade your skill level from doing that and confidence maybe too confidence i would say has never gone up (laughs) (laughs) my confidence is still at it stayed at an all-time low what (laughs) yeah it's so low it's so low (laughs) but i would say my skill has gotten there because when i would show the director something and he didn't have any comments other than good. Then I was like, I guess I'm ready. <laughs> I guess. Okay, wait. Have you ever experienced your confidence going up with with what you're doing, with animating? Only when I am working on my short film. Truly, honestly. Mm, why? When I'm working why is, on that stuff. Why uh, is your confidence higher when you're working on your own stuff than with other people's stuff? 
I think for me, it has to do with like seeing my vision from like a storyboard or just like a thought to a storyboard to like an actual shot. Yeah. Like seeing that whole process take place. It's like, oh, wow. Like I really did it. Yeah. Instead of like trying to match what someone else is seeing, you go through revisions like so many times, or if you get lucky, you don't even have any revisions, but it's like, it's still, you're trying, I feel like for me, I'm trying to fit a mold. And when I'm doing my own thing, it's like full on expression of what's going on in my head. That makes a lot of sense. I was thinking for me, like I do feel more confident working on my own stuff because only my personal style is exactly how I want it to be versus like what you said, when you're working for somebody else, they've got a vision in their head and you're trying to like match it. So that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Why don't we, why don't we take it? You know, I, I know you have a big project that you're working on right now and it's, it's, uh, it's actually what, um, you know, m- made me more aware of who you are and what you're doing, <laughs> but I want to roll it back and and talk yeah. about how you got into this niche of hand-drawn animation when you started going to business school, like myself yeah, and did. pursuing a business degree. How did, how did you make the transition from like marketing to drawing with your hands every day? <laughs> <laughs> it goes further back than even that. So oh. <laughs> yeah, it does. So this is a deep, dark story. No, I'm kidding. Gosh. <laughs> uh, I've always been a comic book guy yeah. and wanted to make comic books and wanted to have my own series. I still do. Like this is still a plan in the future for me, but that's what I wanted to do. And I didn't think you went to school for comic books. I didn't think you went to school for, I mean, I'm, it's like the modern day. I'm an idiot, but <laughs> I didn't do any research. But there's no, there's just, no confirmed path of like you go to no. comic book university. Right. And I also didn't think you needed to go to school for art. Cause like a lot of the artists I looked up to, they didn't, hmm. or they went to school just so that they could like have an avenue to get their art out. So like for me, it was like, oh, well, I'll go and get a marketing degree so I can learn business and then I can pursue my own comic book. I mean, that's also smart. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot everything related to business, unfortunately. That's not smart because I was going to say, like, I went to school for business and that's helped me uh, really streamline and speed up my career versus like my classmates in Sheridan College. Like, uh, because I had that kind of acumen that a lot of artists don't have Mm -hmm. when it comes to like the business side of things so you don't feel like that really helps you I mean it does it does I just forgot like a lot of the very technical things yeah like don't ask me to do your accounting let's just oh accounting sucks don't ask (laughs) me to do my accounting (laughs) but but like I I feel like I have the knowledge of marketing in itself even though that when I was going to school we didn't have like social media was just kind of starting so or well it wasn't just starting but like the social media on your phone was really just starting to pick up and like now it's so different i feel lost like i don't understand tiktok at all <laughs> but like that's a big key factor in marketing now so yeah, for sure but marketing aside <laughs> okay. so you're a comic book guy yeah. thought you had to go to business school yes. and then what uh what happened internally where you said i need i'm in the wrong direction i need to to switch up my path immediately and get into animation well i um when i was going to school they didn't have their animation program when i first joined it started when i was i think a junior 
And I didn't recognize that it was there until I was a senior. So I decided, to, yeah, smart move, decided to take a class called character design with Tom Bancroft. And I had no idea who he was and I had no idea what to expect. But when I got into the class, I was like, well, it's kind of cool. And he was talking about animation and showing his like demo reel and explaining character design stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I knew what animation was, but I was like, man, I would never want to draw all those frames. That sounds like hell. <laughs> but you want to make a comic book. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. Hey, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> right. And so then he started, he was talking, I think it literally in the first class he was like giving a crash course on animation ironically because <laughs> he was like going over glenn keen and all the disney animators and i fell in love in like one second with just the idea and so like i wanted to talk to him and meet him and then i started animating like on the side a little bit i was teaching myself really wow. and then and then he kind of saw that in me and kind of took me under his wing to teach me like animation yeah because i was one of the like one students that just like never stopped yeah i was so, gonna ask you you know what made what made tom kind of single you out because you know he's been in the industry forever he has tons of contacts he also runs a podcast with his brother like yes he does why like why you like out of I you know, no you're a business clue. degree guy who just showed up <laughs> to a class and then suddenly you're his assistant i have i have no idea you'd have to ask him i would assume <laughs> it has to do with uh i did the first assignment we had was like an expression sheet and i did it and he railed it in front of the whole class and then i bet he doesn't even remember this i did it three times until he said good job like i just went back went back to my dorm room did it again brought it the next day <laughs> he was he gave me notes again went back like i just i was that kind of person i still am but what i'm okay. like interesting because yeah. you weren't this kind of person with marketing it turned out but you were this kind no. of person with with your first animation assignment what yeah what was keeping you going a half to a half to keep doing this that's a really good question some weird complex that i have <laughs> with animation it's I not think the it confidence it's yeah, the complex no, it's it's, yeah exactly <laughs> i think it was like destiny or like fate whichever one you want to believe in it just it had to happen and all at the time like i didn't know if i wanted to pursue animation or like go back to school and pursue animation or just go on and do marketing and just like kind of just let it fade away and i swear like once a week there was a legitimate sign like in life that said like keep going do this so i just went full force i said all right amazing yeah so like and it, i didn't care about animation until i took that class and then i got bit by the bug the moment i tried it what what is what is what is the bug like what what is it about oh. animation i I don't know. I think everybody's different with what they get bit with. But with animation, if, if you're crazy enough to pick up a pencil and draw the same thing like a hundred times, then you've on your own, you mean by somebody. Like, yeah. Nobody like, forcing you. Then it's probably no assignment. Time. Like just you did it by yourself. You bought animation paper. Like the moment you look up animation paper on Google, I think you're done. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is so funny because this is exactly what happened to me. I started my own like Instagram comic out of my own volition, really. Cool. Uh, and I did it every single day for 365 days, no matter what. I would wow. wake up every morning and work on it. Nobody was following it. I fully watercolored it. Uh, and by the end, I was like, if I'm doing this every day, why why don't I just Do why don't I just reroute my life into animation? Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, did I, you enjoy doing that? Did did I enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah, well, I couldn't think about anything else when I was doing it. I was working full time, etc. Uh, but it was like, it was such like a passion thing. And I couldn't, it was like my life depended on it almost. It was so strange. I don't know. It's kind of how I feel about when I'm picking up a pencil too. No matter if it's like sketching out a floor, floor plan for my comic book in the future or some shot that I'm animating or some short that I want to make in the future too. It's like, if I can't, do this one thing it's like my whole body hurts <laughs> wow. I mean I get like, that I get that when yeah. I was in marketing I was I was like outputting all these crazy creative projects for no reason giant paintings a big statue of a horse like wow. all this random stuff that I was just doing and people were like wow Terry's such a creative guy and I was like <laughs> I cannot be I don't I don't even want to do this it just happens <laughs> it's weird it's weird um, let me ask you this. You've mentioned a lot of times comic books, but you haven't yeah. you haven't started that. I I did a little bit. And if anybody has bought one and is confused why I haven't made another one, I'll explain in a second. So I did kind of make like a mini one just as a test to myself to see if I could do it one day. And like I bought the big paper, I did I inked it with like a brush like wow. old school way that's like wow. the way i love doing comics and i found a printer and like made a few hundred copies and sold some and it was really cool and like i actually had a lot of fun doing it yeah but i just am not in that place yet to actually go full force with that story because i'm kind of still writing it and all that so the mini comic was like just a test see like do i have the ability to do this i actually have one right here like this was it da -da -da. Great hollow yeah and it just has lots of cool artwork as oh, well wow. yeah and it's quite extensive too yeah it's it's really short it's like i think it was like 10 pages or so but i put in some extra artwork that i've done on the side nice so if anyone if any with the two people that are waiting for that <laughs> so, so okay so you just told me the only reason the only thing that's holding you back from going all in is the story is not there yet yeah but what's stopping you from saying like i'm just interested in why you're pursuing animation when you're when it seems that your end goal is to create a comic uh well i mean it's not my end goal is just to do what i want to do and okay. i want to do both and right. yeah i have dreams to make my own movies and shorts and i have a dream to make my own comic book and i probably will end up if knowing me if i am able to do either i'll be doing them at the same time Got you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I'm still curious about your path a little bit. I want to talk about what you just said, making your own shorts and stuff, because you are doing oh, yeah. it. Right now. But okay. So out of school, uh, Bancroft um, and a Space Jam, like you said, it, it took about the last three years for your career to really pick up, but you've been working for five years and then five years. Yeah. Um, so how you know, this is a pretty niche form of animation that wasn't very popular a while ago, but it, it seems to be making some sort of resurgence now. How difficult was it to be working full time or aspiring to be work full time and like a livable wage and like cool projects with just 2D hand-drawn animation? Um, it's difficult. It can be difficult at times. There was like 2020 was a really special year where like everything got greenlit, like I said before. So I didn't really have that worry for like a year and a half. Nice. And it was kind of nice because I would just have like a 
month or two between projects and it would be like a little bit of a downtime and then I'd go right into something else. But I mean, before that, I was still doing my art degree. So I wasn't super concerned about making a lot of money. Makes sense. Like I was living with my father-in-law at the time. So I mean, for me, it was like I, I was able to do what I needed to do. So like when I worked on Cuphead, that was the first actual project I worked on. And that was just assisting Tom at the time. I, that was like in 2018. And I don't know. I think we made like a couple hundred dollars on that and only did like two shorts or two shots. But it was like, wow, this is so cool. And oh, wow. then like, yeah. And then when I got to actually kickstarting my own career in 2020, it has been pretty lucrative. But I would say you have to like be able to do a couple other things, too, if you really want to like full stream of revenue all the so, time so what are the what are, what's in your hat of skills that you uh you know get that full stream um i've done some character design yeah. like outside on other productions and stuff like that i haven't done storyboarding but i'd like to but my storyboards are so <laughs> scribbly that I, it's hard it's hard to compete with people in the industry so yeah, when so people, people yeah, storyboards. <laughs> yeah, they, they the storyboards now. Oh my gosh, my friends and I gush about them. They're like almost animated. Oh yeah, it's they're like, basically you could just watch the movie and storyboards. You could, you really could. Like they're storyboarded to like a CG camera. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> so that that one I that one I haven't done professionally yet, and for good reason. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've done character design stuff like that, and there are there has been like this year. It's been a little rough with, I think, just like, I don't, with whatever the state of the industry is, whatever is going on right now, I can't tell if it's truly related to the strikes going on or if it's yeah. just more that we don't really know what's happening. I feel like that but, too. I feel like, you know, we had a big boom after the pandemic and now the industry is all the, everybody's competing. So I don't know. It's going to be an interesting couple of years. Um, it is. You, uh, oh my gosh, I just had a question that escaped my mind. But um, okay, so you've been able to, oh, my question was, <laughs> what has been the number one way to get new gigs? Are you like on the prowl on like LinkedIn or Indeed or whatever? Or is it from your connections? Because like all of my con all of my gigs have been from connections purely. I have never gone on a job site or anything like that and i'm just wondering how sustainable that is for me or at some point i'm gonna have to like should it's better to just know everybody who does this or am i gonna have to like go on indeed uh it's a mix of all the above except i've never used indeed and now gotcha. i feel like i should check it out sometime oh it's just one that came <laughs> off the top of my head yeah. but um yeah a lot of the times recently has been people like messaging me on my website mm. which I'd never even, the contact form on my website was intended for the comic book, actually. I have it in the back, like, you could send in, like, any comments you had, and I would, like, publish it in the first official issue. <laughs> and, People are uh, like, I'm not interested in your comic, yeah. but would you? <laughs> right. No one has ever done that. But people have actually reached out on my website for, like, job opportunities. Right. So that's been, that's first happened this year. But other wow. than that, a lot of its connections and... Um, so how are, how do you think people are finding you from your website? Because it's not like you search like animator on Google and you come up. Is it because of social media? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's because of Instagram and LinkedIn. 
I think those are the two that I've heard before. Okay. If they see so, me on LinkedIn, they'll go to my website and contact me there. Right. Interesting. So like LinkedIn is still paying off for, uh, it is. yeah, cool. Okay. So let's talk about, um, studio fresco. So you sure. are 2d animating for a while. Uh, you worked on some really cool projects and then you and some friends say, uh, we're looking at the state of animation. You're saying we should form a studio. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. There's a lot we of studios just, out there already. I know there are. There really I, are. We, we, uh, yeah, we, uh, we, yeah, it's just a couple of friends of us and myself. We wanted to make a studio that kind of just like called back to the animation that we love as kids. And that like kind of gives you that feeling of adventure, like those good feelings. So like a lot of the stuff may not even be from animation itself. Like we get those feelings from video games, like Super Mario and stuff like that. Like all those things inspire us to make the stories that we got in our heads. But if it ever happens, we'll see. <laughs> what do you mean if it ever happens? Well, right now it's kind of banking on my short film as of right now. So you, so, you formed a studio and you said, and you agreed that we would make a short film Yep. You already had a story that was going? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so the, you're like, let's, I already have something. Let's do that. Yeah. So the talks for the studio were like, all of us were just like, we should form our own studio one day and make like stories that we want to tell. We were like, yeah, we should do that. And then like, as I was writing Axel Odyssey, like I was close to being done and I was like, hey, you guys just want to start the studio and just have the first thing be excellent make my like, film yeah, for right. me <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were like yeah all right <laughs> the idea is to like pass the directorial hat around yeah, but... yeah, yeah. like a like a collective kind of yeah there's yeah. some there's some like collectives in in europe that i've talked to where they kind of do that whoever's film is like next they all work on interesting okay so you're so you're trying to create stories that give like a nostalgic like simpler time adventure mm -hmm. past that you all grew up with and you're yeah. not really seeing that in in like current media is that because yeah, yeah a lot of the films and shows just i mean we're not fans of like adult shows and films we i just personally i just don't connect with that kind of thing yeah. i'm more like i'd rather watch totoro which has right. no adult themes at all yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and like a lot of films feel bloated and just totally. like the stories are just not hitting it and it's like you could watch a movie from 1980 and it's like that connected with me more now than any film in the past 20 years. It's like, geez. Exactly. I'm all for that. <laughs> and like, you know, there's a lot of modern stories being told that are just like quick, quick fixes mm -hmm. uh, like that aren't of any overall impact or value. Would you say, you know, as you're talking, I was getting like over the garden wall kind of vibes. Is that oh, along yeah. the lines of what you're trying to create where it's like, you know, uh, like a uh, a nod to a lot of like old school themes and and mm -hmm. stories and bring it yeah to yeah we're all fans of that my friends gush over that show hardcore <laughs> yeah they love that show so, so yeah if, if we could make a show like that they, i think we'd all be pretty happy <laughs> so axel odyssey which already sounds super cute it's got axolotls which everybody thinks are super cute and they're like memeified yeah. to to yeah they really are <laughs> the next level or whatever um why why have you okay so i have kind of like a side project with some friends too and we've put together like a um uh, a trailer and we have like the whole 
we have like a pitch Bible and stuff, but we're like pitching it around versus deciding to start a Kickstarter to like self-fund this thing. What was the choice to Kickstarter it? Because like, I feel like there's in like pitching it, there's no risk because you don't, you don't um, invest until somebody gives you the money. Right? right. But with Kickstarter, you're like putting all your risk out there. Cause you know, if people don't resonate with it and send you the money, then it's not happening, I guess. Mm -hmm. So like, what was the choice to, to do that? Um, we kind of just wanted to, let me collect my thoughts for a second. Collect those thoughts. Because I just like had an answer to the last thing you said. As I, I was know what the last thing I said the first was. Part. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to pitch it around because we didn't think there would be like much of a market for like, buying a 15 minute film unless it was like a spot on like a network which is cool like the idea of doing that but also then we lose a lot of control yeah and we lose probably the story that we have there already so and we'd probably have to outsource all kinds of, i don't know what we would have to do but yeah. it gets a lot more complicated once two hands are in the pot than one so we thought well why don't we just kickstart it because if that works then we're i mean we're golden then we could go and pitch this finished product and just like have it be distribution rights or syndication rights, whatever it would be. So, I mean, we're not too afraid if the Kickstarter doesn't work out because it could, we could go that route afterwards. I mean, we could try that or we can just be making it in our downtime just between gigs and have it yeah. eventually come out and do what we will with it at that point. But um, yeah, Kickstarter, it seems I'd also, oh, okay, yeah. The last thing you said was um, the reception. The strange thing and the realistic thing that I realized with Kickstarter is like, you may have like a lot of fans that follow this thing online, but that doesn't equate to a lot of fans willing to donate to make right. it happen. Right. I kind of assumed like from all the like love for this project that I've received over the years that it would be like instantaneous and it is not. So that's fine. I have no problem with that, but I don't think it reflects also like at the point that it's at now, or if it doesn't work out, I don't think that reflects like the love for it. Yeah. I think that's just like a sign of the times economically. Yeah. I, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's a lot to hit on what you just said. First of all, I think it's really important that you're not going with another studio because like from my experience, pitching around a couple of different projects, the first thing they want to do is change everything to fit mm -hmm. what they sell essentially. And if you have such a specific story that you're trying to hit, then a studio likely isn't going to see that same vision. Cause they're more or less right. thinking like I, I sell to like these countries and these countries are looking for like five to 12, like little girls who like songs yeah. for instance. And it's <laughs> like, well, okay. I, we can make oxalodicy into that, but it, right. then it's not then the thing that, then I would just rather it? create something for you mm -hmm. with axolotls rather than like the thing you're trying to tell. So I, yeah. I really, I really do think finding a studio that believes in your vision is like extremely rare um, yeah. and may not exist. And maybe this is the case where like, you have to prove yourself that people actually want to see this before studios are even willing to invest or produ producers, whatever. So that I, yeah. I get that a lot too. Um, the second, all second thing, I guess, is like, you're going to make this regardless. This is happening regardless if the That's Kickstarter the pays off or not. It's just like, 
maybe it's going to take 15 years <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. because it's you're doing your downside. at like close to 16 minutes at this point uh, for the uh, animatic so i mean the trailer took four months but it was really just me and my other friend animating and right. then one friend doing backgrounds so i mean are you animating on paper no, no. no i wish i mean i kind of i really do wish but i don't have a down shooter at all so yeah. and i don't have room in my office for down fair, shooter. Fair, fair. yeah i mean the animation <laughs> I mean, is beautiful so it already looks like it takes a lot of time thank you do, so. yeah it was all done on tv paint Wow, TV paint. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've never used TV paint, but I keep hearing about that for 2D animators. And here I am using Toon Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Toon Boom is the industry standard, but I don't know exactly why. I mean, I think it's just because it could do X, Y, and Z with puppets too. Probably, and so yeah. it's like, just, just put the it. two and two together. I mean, TV paint, I, honestly, pick your poison. <laughs> TV paint just feels a little better to me, but that right. might be complete bias. Who knows? <laughs> That's fine. So what you said, it was also really hard to to get people from social media to invest in the film. Have you noticed that any of your actions specifically have um, increased investors in the film? Because um, like, you know, the classic uh, Kickstarter advice is like create an emotionally driven personal message video or like, right. you know, post 50,000 times a week on right. every social platform, uh, create, create like, um, things that people want to buy like plushies and stuff. So they invest right. more. Like, have, have you noticed anything specifically has given you an uptick in, uh, I think a lot of it is just the animation alone, mm. I would say. So just posting progress of your animation. Yeah. Yeah. And just the, the clickbait of the frames <laughs> I think is getting the eyes and gets the people that are willing or in a position that they can donate to the project like this. Makes sense. Um, I don't have like all the products that I have on the Kickstarter in hand. I have like probably half of them, but I've shown off some and I think it, the reception's kind, nice. but you know, with the more physical stuff you get, the more money you have to pay. So, I mean, of course, it's hard. And who knows, maybe a lot of my friend, my fans are just like kids. So I'm like, who knows? Their parents' wallets. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So say say the Kickstarter takes off. You get fully funded. Uh, you and the team uh, are able to knock this out in the next, I don't know, year or something. Mm -hmm. um, who? Wh what would be success for you guys? Like, what would be a metric of success besides finishing the film and getting the funding? Um like what, what would you consider like this is a successful project? Cause you mentioned, right. you know, the studios, this is the first project from the studio, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera. So like, I think just getting it done would be a big metric of success just to have something with like our name on it. Even if it wasn't the studio, if it was just my name or your name, it would just be like a massive pile of success. Yeah. Like you did this and it looks really good, but I mean, we have ideas with like afterwards too, to like maybe try and get it like on PBS or um, okay. I think Fathom Events is the company that like distributes the Ghibli Fest stuff. And for a time they did short films before the movies would play. Mm. So we kind of think this would be like a, like a solid drop. Like if that was right before Spirited Away. Yeah. You'd be able to see it in theaters. I mean, Sounds like a cool idea to me. Okay, cool. So 
so what you just said is like a metric of success would be like uh prestigious eyes i guess like uh people who have like kind of power in the industry choosing your film to show yeah. uh, to their audiences okay so it's not like a youtube thing where you want like a million views no like uh you know syndicate it like sell it to a studio where now it's a tv series or like something so you're you're already like envisioning it as like a like to exist in itself for like audiences that already kind of watch this type of stuff yeah yeah that that's kind of where it's at right now i don't the story is not like a series kind of story i mean it it could be but I think that would kind of destroy the whole idea of this the story. <laughs> so how would you how would you take the success of Axel Odyssey and and uh, use it to kickstart <laughs> your own you know <laughs> Studio Fresco? Like what would be the next step for Studio Fresco to create well, another film and Kickstarter and get that off the ground? Or what do you? My think? hope is to get this one done and have some fragment of success to make another one, just another short film, just so yeah. we could. It's like you can do things about animals and you can do things about people. And it's like, you could really tell two really good stories. So then with the third project, try and do feature. Hmm. It'd probably be a small feature. Yeah. I don't know. That's just like the pipe dream, but I mean, that that's what I'd like to do. To me. And I, that's what I like to, and I think all the 2d animators just turned their head in their offices. Just went what? <laughs> <laughs> Cause it would be completely 2d. <laughs> why not I because know. i can't do cg well that's fine <laughs> basically yeah have you ever um you know you mentioned that you have to have a number of skill sets have you ever considered doing puppet or cg i tried or... i tried both so i you're... actually tried both yeah but it didn't work <laughs> out i guess so no, not at all uh no i was getting the hang of cg and then like because i was taking classes on it in school yeah. and when the pandemic happened that was my senior year so like everyone kind of just trailed off and it was hard for the students and the teachers to like exactly teach from home and deal with this whole new problem. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. I was at the phase where it was like learning acting shots and it just fell apart. The class fell apart. So, but at the same time I got on space jam too. So it was like, <laughs> perfect. It was like, life just told me to do this. <laughs> yeah. it sounds like we were in school at the same time because i was also in school in the pandemic and yeah and then i got an opportunity to jump off <laughs> yeah that was my that last was year project. i surprisingly did finish college and did space jam and worked on tom's documentary pencil test and a puppeted show in class all at the same time wow that's which that's, was like bad that sounds like <laughs> you're superhuman though that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, I just Don't realized we didn't, even, we didn't really give like Oxalodicy a proper intro or anything. Do oh. you want to do you want to share like what the film is about and, and yeah, sure. uh, the team and all that stuff and why somebody should be interested? Yeah, sure. So the story is uh, of Hoho the Axolotl and he's on a journey to find his family and he runs across new friends that he makes along the way and some like monstrous things that I won't really give away unless you check out the Kickstarter, then it's just a dead giveaway. <laughs> but um, yep, that's basically the story. And we're going for Ghibli style and storytelling because I honestly just love the storytelling of Ghibli so much. It's so strong. And I feel like it's just such a missing factor from the industry these yeah, days, right? like with 
movies and shows like just wholesome stories like that but uh, it's all 2d animated and the trailer and the team is really just like four to six people of my friends from college we, a lot of us have worked in the industry some of us have had like no luck really getting that far so but that, i mean that doesn't say anything about our talent it's just it's been tough for some of us but a lot of us have worked on productions with disney and warner brothers and pixar so we i guess we know a little bit about animation yeah i mean for <laughs> sure it's and and like you know just looking at your trailer and all the quality and it looks like it's all there and it actually reminds me a little bit like I, i'm glad you mentioned video games because there's like a lot of atmospheric kind of storytelling in video games that doesn't that's not in in right. animation that we see and it seems at least it appears from the trailer there's a lot of just like you know kind of adventure atmosphere stuff going on like you know there's these little bugs crossing at one point and they're just watching yes. them and and they kind of <laughs> remind me of the sprites and in, <laughs> in uh house moving castle or uh, oh, yeah. no it's the, um it's spirited oh, away not house oh, spirited away yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the dust sprites <laughs> um but it was it's just super cute little stuff like that that you don't really see i guess and so yeah, no, yeah, well, there's a focus on the environment and just like <laughs> i when I was writing it, like I would tell my friends, like, I just want to have points of just like calm where yeah. it just like takes you out for a second and just like lets you bask in this environment, even though the environment isn't some magical place. It's just like if you were one inch tall in like an uncut field of grass. So <laughs> exactly. It's and, so it's yeah. so funny you mentioned that because like TV animation that we're so used to and like storyboarding and like how we're taught to storytell is like every second has to be like action or dialogue or progressing the plot forward or it's cut. And, and like, you're never left. I mean, obviously it's effective and it sells in it, you know, et, et cetera, yeah. but you're never left with just like, I don't know, like I grew up by a river and would spend the day just looking right. at little bugs. Like there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. And it's fun and it's cute. And it great moments like that. And like, you know, that's kind of what I was getting out of your, you know, there's a, there's a harrowing story and there's well, I guess they can look at the previews, et cetera. But I'm glad you did stuff like that too, because it really, it really grounds it. Um, yeah. Plus, uh, like, I guess a side effect that might come out of this is, you know, um, one thing that I've heard from a lot of other podcast guests is they started getting like higher level, like directing, et cetera, kind of work once they had made their own short to like put in the festival circuit and whatnot. So like, That'd be cool. you never, yeah, you never know, like if this is actually going to lead to more work, different connections, et cetera, et cetera. So that's really cool. Yeah, we'll see. That'd be, that'd be interesting. <laughs> I never thought that would happen with Ho-Ho, but it, Ho-Ho has gotten a lot of eyes on me. So why, um, why actually, yeah, people. exactly. Well, the account itself is like 11,000 followers. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> um, I mean, that's more than I have, <laughs> uh, way more than I have. Um, why axolotls? <laughs> uh, that, I've gotten that question a lot. Um, it's funny. I actually didn't really know what they were when I first started like everyone what? else in the world what <laughs> i feel like they're like unicorns like you know everybody kind of know. knows that they're like this little like nymph salamander that doesn't uh that doesn't go through puberty or something <laughs> <laughs> no i had no idea what they were and i had no idea that they were getting really popular hmm. i just i think i saw like on youtube it was like um like strange facts about axolotls and i was really bored in the pandemic and watched it and i was like oh those things are kind of cool yeah. and then like as the months went on 
I like drew this one little thumbnail drawing and watercolored it of Ho-Ho and like it just came out and from like drawing that one image I like had almost the entire story just like in my head in like a second it was just like it just like went like except the ending which I rewrote like five times so you're just but, making the movie that you saw in your head from that original drawing. <laughs> pretty much. Like, pretty much. And oh, it, like, it wasn't, like, every frame. I, if I said, like, oh, yeah, I had the whole movie in my head, I'd sound like a total jerk and be a liar because I didn't. But, like, the whole overarching story was, like, thought in, like, a second. Hmm. And so then I was like, wow. And I started to, like, just kind of, like, scribble down ideas and, like, little drawings in this notebook that I had. And my friends were like, oh, yeah, you should make this short. This is like, I'd help you. This is cool. I'd totally help wow. you on this. So I just started storyboarding it. I didn't have, I didn't write it like a, like actual screenplay. I just started storyboarding and just on my free time or if I felt like it that day, if I didn't, I would not. <laughs> I, mean, I think at that time it didn't do anything. So that sounds amazing to me. If people are coming out of the blue, well, I guess your friends and saying, you know what, I would invest my hard, hard working hours into helping make this happen, then then it must be a good idea. And look, you're making it. So I think that's great. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I don't know what compelled me to actually go ahead and try and make this. But you hey, know what, it's the same compelling that uh, made you redo the character design three times. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It so really is. <laughs> uh well john you know I'd, i want to be cognizant of your time too because I, I know we don't have much time and uh you know it's been a pleasure learning about your whole journey and and now you're making nice. a short film you formed a studio i think these are incredible things especially in such a niche of animation and you know the the whole film looks super exciting to me did we not touch on did we did we miss anything you want to touch on still um i don't know i don't think so no i could i have a little more time if you want to keep talking but Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Tell me. For me, it's only five twenty. So. Uh, okay. Uh, tell me, what are you? What are you working on besides Axel Odyssey? Um. So if you could say, I just got brought onto a project that I start on tomorrow. Oh wow! Okay. Say. Congratulations. Yeah. So that was like well needed, really well needed. <laughs> oh, you know what? One thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, how have you really upped your game? Because like coming from you know, redrawing a character expression sheet three times to then studying under uh, Tom Bancroft, which I'm sure helped your skill level. And even like, um, uh, you know, on your Instagram where you're like, you're like commenting on what you're posting. You're like, you know, I, I got all this feedback and tried to implement it, blah, blah, blah. Like what has really kept you pushing your skill level forward um, for these years to get where you are? Yeah, that's a good question. That's the crazy compulsion that is animation and like my little nagging demon in my head that makes me keep doing this all day uh yeah that's really it and I just the the passion for it is what drives me I just yeah. want I want to be able to do like x y and z in a given time so like sometimes I really want to hit like acting quality of like Glenn Keane and I know I'm not gonna but like I want to practice because yeah. The only way to get to that, the only way Glenn King got to that was because he practiced. So yeah, you're not going to get um, further away. You're not going to no. get worse by practicing. No. Can you imagine? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, whoops. I, I have that fear sometimes, though. I'm like, I have that fear. I'm like, oh, God, why did I even do this? So I'll, like, I'll do shots all the time. I'll just like do like, I'll, I sometimes will scour the internet for like a good audio line that'll like connect to my heart. 
and then if i if i really like it i'll let it sit for a while that's kind of like what i did with the mama odi animation that i yeah, did yeah. don't know if you saw that or not yeah that's but what i was referencing <laughs> yeah okay that's perfect <laughs> uh, yeah that was i just um i heard the audio line i think i downloaded it maybe a year and a half in advance and just let it yeah oh, it was a long time and i just let it sit and then i finally like a few months before I animated it, I was like, oh, that would work really well with Mama Odie. And then I drew Mama Odie once and it was garbage. So then I drew her again and it was a little better. And I was like, I think I, I think I could do it. So then I, I did it. And so it's those kinds of things that like, I'll just challenge myself here and there. Like I have been animating this Rapunzel scene for a couple months now, but I've just like taken it really slow because it's so hard. Yeah. And like, I also have all these other things that I'm drawing up. Like I just feel like drawing X, Y, and Z. So I'll just draw that. Like I felt like animating this new character that I've made that I haven't shown anybody yet other than my friends. It's playing right here. <laughs> I've just been <laughs> You just have to turn for, the camera. Yeah. I've just been animating her for like two days and wow. I'm just going straight ahead. And I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I you have this natural com. com compulsion to do this because you know that i think that is amazing because like some of your some of the things that stand out on your social media for me were, were like the mama odia whatever how important is like life drawing or like online classes or like mm. or like uh mentorship to upping your skill level or are you just kind of doing things on your own and then figuring it out over time and that's helping i have been so lucky with the mentors that have helped me and craft me as the animator that I am now, like I had Tom early on as like my primary mentor. Yeah. And I also took classes with John Pomeroy. So I was having him kind of teaching me at the same time. And then like, as of recently, since those guys were getting busy and Tom kind of just felt confident in me, he didn't feel like he needed to like get as hands-on with me anymore. Yeah. Like Matt Willemys just like randomly messaged me one day and he was like hey can i like help craft you basically is what he said and i was like you bet your butt you can what the heck <laughs> so because like, yeah, because of your like you're posting your stuff on like social media i think at the time it was when i was with pencilish and he wanted to just offer his help to the animators at pencilish and wow. it was i like took that up instantly and i think i have matt to thank more than anybody for my like massive leap in quality wow like so like what was what was a uh like a pivotal piece of advice that that you received that helped you get that massive leap uh with matt it's all about what is the character feeling yeah so like he when i bring him an idea because i'll do like the lunacy that I'll be like, I want to like animate blah, blah, blah. And I have this line and he'll just be like, well, what is the character feeling, John? And he'll just talk to me about it for like 20 minutes. And if I don't have an answer, I feel really stupid. <laughs> and it's like, Makes Oh, sense. I get it. Like, this is something that I haven't been thinking about this whole time. So it wasn't like a, you know, I, I was practicing volume or posing or silhouettes no. or, or a line of action or gesturing. It was, it was like, what is the character feeling all and then i'm assuming that translates to how they're expressing that with what they're doing their body and their, their face body. and yeah. their gestures yeah so I mean, how can, can you 
so, so like maybe walk me through like you know if a character is feeling sad wh- how do you restrain yourself from just doing stereotypical sad versus like subtly expressing their sad maybe with like i don't know they're just not super energetic with their actions or something like that like wh- wh- where do you try to to translate it into animation um that's a trick tricky question to answer listen you don't come on this podcast for easy questions yeah yeah (laughs) the roasting has begun (laughs) it started from the first question (laughs) yeah i know uh no it's tricky because it really for me it depends on like what the circumstances are so like if it's just like a pantomime thing so much can work but if it's like a if it's a shot with like a line of audio like i think a lot of it could be really done in very simple body movements that don't really move far from like one to three major poses. And a lot of it can be done in the face with just like very subtle things. Mm. So like, it's not just like, you know, like the super sad, like, like kind of expression, but like, you have to, you have to think deeper than that. Like, is this character defeated? Are they depressed? Are like they feeling anxiety? Are they like really sad? Like, it it all it all just builds up and you kind of can't help it but you sit there and then you start doing it yeah i'm doing the whatever expression i'm animating i'm sure if somebody's watching me from my window they'll be like this guy's i don't know what he's doing (laughs) yeah like i do besides me like running around videotaping myself doing actions in my living room (laughs) (laughs) i don't do any videotaping what i do is i'll just act it out in my chair literally like over and over and like just like be thinking about it really hardcore and then at that point i've kind of got an idea for it and i'll just like i don't really have an, a visual idea except for maybe like a couple drawings but i'll just like feel it and try and draw that feeling got you it's um, a little hard to explain. i mean maybe this answer is very self-obvious but uh to do those subtle things you have to have like the character design like nailed down a hundred times over to be able to like take the confidence and make like the I don't know, the eyes a little droopy or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So does it take like a hundred like a hundred times drawing the face before you feel confident to change it? For me, yeah. Oh yes. Totally. I like I have to draw the character a, a good amount of times before I could even feel confident in <laughs> animating them properly. <laughs> yeah. Like un- unless if I don't, I'm gonna fall into this problem where like I'm drawing one drawing it's perfect then the next one it's not perfect and i sit there for three hours and i'm like what the heck <laughs> oh i do that all the time or if the, yeah. the head is like tilted up and i'm like i don't um, know what it looks like anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yeah so i i always have to just get familiar yeah okay maybe maybe this is the last question now for me um based on what you said before with the mentorship how do you squash because like sometimes i i uh, I like reach out to my contacts when I'm like kind of proud of something that I do. And I'm like, mm-hmm. can you critique this for me? And I'm, I'm expecting them to critique it. I'm expecting them because they have years of industry experience to be like, well, you didn't blah, blah, blah. This is all wrong with it. But I still have this like ego that cries and screams at them when I receive that critique. And I'm like, didn't you see how, what I did that was good and how great this was. And I'm <laughs> like, et cetera, et cetera. And it like, really, it's like this heart wrenching, like, I'm like, like so angry internally, but at the same time, I'm like, they're right. But, right. but at the same time, like, how do you squash that ego to like, 
really see what they're saying and start from scratch all over again without without I, like feeling feeling some way about it um i don't know because i don't feel like you have no ego <laughs> no i do but i don't think my ego is that strong like i when i i know that there's like some people that i'll share things with that i know that i can animate better than them so like like some of my friends aren't animators like they're storyboard artists or painters so like when they see it i kind of have an ego <laughs> and be like yeah it looks good doesn't it yeah right <laughs> but, but when i'm sharing with my other animators you're like it's crap i'm like, sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah well they'll, they'll say like oh it's really good or they'll have like something like oh i would have maybe done this different but it's when i show someone like matt and he goes take away everything except one drawing and i'm like oh, okay <laughs> there goes that ego <laughs> okay so it's more or less like the willingness of who it is uh that's telling you based yeah. on you know their experience and and uh okay that makes that i makes like to get sense. a lot of opinions and usually my friends are like super supportive all the time and maybe just like don't want to say something that would make me have to go reanimate an entire thing but my mentors are not <laughs> they don't the, care they're like too bad sorry <laughs> they they want to tell me because they love me <laughs> that's right. what i tell myself you tell yourself. Oh, <laughs> i mean that makes a, that makes a lot of sense i'm gonna remember yeah. this next time um okay cool well i think i have asked everything that i i want to ask awesome. is there anything you know that you want to ask or that, that you want to wrap up with maybe um you don't have to say yes we can just we i know i yeah i feel like i had a question but i think i forgot <laughs> That's cool. Okay, cool. Well, you know, John, super thank you for coming on the chat. It's been a pleasure. You know, I'm I'm excited to see the journey that Axolotl Axolodicy is gonna go through. Um, and you know, I hope you get fully funded. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be amazing. Thank you for having me on here. It's my first podcast. So if I was rough then congratulations, sorry, but... it was amazing. Okay, cool. Well, if you're listening to John's first podcast and my 200 and something's podcast. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to, you know, reach out to him or check out his work or preferably check out the Kickstarter and consider uh, donating some money that way. I'm going to include his Instagram, his Twitter, his website and the Kickstarter all in the description of this chat. So please go check those out. And thank you so much for listening. That's all for now. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Willem Mando and the graphics by Luhan Wang. I encourage you to look them up if you've enjoyed their work.